0: Hello and welcome to episode six of Betty, Girl Band The Podcast. This podcast is supported by Tomboy X. Tomboy X fits who you are because fitting in was never the point. Tomboy X designs underwear to comfortably fit your body and how you see yourself. Fitting sizes from extra small to 4X with great fitting boy shorts and bras to swimwear. For 15% off your first order, use the code BETTY at TomboyX.com. And now on to betty girl band
1: remember when emma goldman said if there's no dancing at the revolution i'm not coming well tonight we have both thanks to betty we have the music and thanks to all of you we have the revolution
2: hi everybody this is amy this is Allie. It's Elizabeth, and you know by now we're the band Betty, and we're sitting here in tomboy underwear. What do you think about that? <laughs> you look fantastic. I didn't Thank want you. to say anything, but <laughs> you know, speaking of being in your underwear, I, I've just been listening to some of this stuff, and it's pretty vulnerable talking about stuff that we were doing and relationships. And I don't think I'm
3: ever this kind of out there. Yeah, I'm I a pretty that. private person. This is Amy. It's kind of cool, Amy and Elizabeth. This is Allie talking. <laughs> that um, that we are getting a chance to actually stop in our lives and look back and. See See how we got to where we are now. I mean, people don't usually get a chance to do that, and I think this is really cool for us. It's making me super nostalgic. Mm, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely remember most of this stuff. It, it
2: makes me kind of think about all the wrong decisions I made and all the right decisions, if I made any, and did I what I could have done differently, or mm. you know, I was, no regrets. Well, Move forward, no regrets. I do, though. I have so many regrets. I, that's a bad flaw in my personality. But do you really? Yeah, I always, I always have.
1: Well, let's talk about why, why, why. why? Back in the day of the the early nine thirty club, DC okay. space days, where we're
3: in Washington, DC. In Washington, oh. DC.
1: You and I were at a party. We were sort. We were the new kids on the block, and we felt very, very groovy to be invited to
2: one of the parties, right. quote unquote. Right,
1: and we're sitting there and everybody's drinking and having a good time and it was really the the in crowd of of D.C. at that time.
2: Mostly musicians, a lot of artists, Mm -hmm. a lot of groovers. Fashion people. Uh And Amy and I were
1: talking, we're drinking, smoking cigarettes and we look next to us and I'm elbowing Amy really hard because all of a sudden I look next to us and there's these two fashionistas and they're shooting up.
2: They're shooting up heroin. I almost passed out. That was not our world. You know, I mean, listen, I'm not going to put a needle anywhere near me and also I thought that was so horrifying that I almost passed out. I thought it was really interesting (laughs)
1: because what the thing about it was is that heroin was a big deal in in the whole scene that I had
3: no idea about. Mm, It's true. I remember when I was bartending at the 930 Club every once in a while they shall remain nameless but people from different bands that toured around the country and were very well known would come over and ask me where they could score and I'd be like blink blink you mean like basketball? Like I had (laughs) no idea and heroin was such a big deal. I think
1: it it still is. Thank God God, at least back then. I didn't go down that
3: road. There's more drugs now. More things than we can even imagine.
1: Heroin's never gone away.
3: There you go. It's a classic. Remember
1: the back of the 930 Club, where the where the vans used to come? Where, the- where,
3: as a matter of fact, after Lincoln was assassinated, um, John Wilkes Booth jumped out the window right back there in that alley behind the 930 Club, and that's where he broke his leg before he, he ran off that alley.
4: I, Ronald Reagan, do solemnly swear. I, Ronald Reagan,
3: do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute That I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States.
2: I'm tired of crying for the young.
1: When we were Betty, no, this is before we were Betty, you and I went to a concert. It was it was the second time that Reagan was inaugurated. Ugh. And it was literally the coldest night in, in the history of D.C., mm-hmm. which was a little foreshadowing. And we were so horrified and grossed out that we went to a concert of the Poison Girls, which um. was my one of my favorite bands of all time. And the woman, who was the lead singer, she was a... They're she was, British, right? Yeah, very British, and, and she was all about the mining strike. Remember when Thatcher right. Broke that whole thing. Right, right. What she was in her late fifties, early sixties, and I remember thinking, wow, she's so old and she's still a rocker. Mm -hmm. America. America.
3: I'm tired of crying for a life-changing moment when you see someone on stage doing that much farther along in their career than you are it's really exciting
2: and you don't think about those kind of things when you're really young you don't think about the longevity you don't I don't think you think a lot about more than just what's happening that night or tomorrow but we certainly depends on who you are right but I think I certainly
3: didn't I never looked into the future I never
2: thought
1: I was going to live this long I think a
2: lot of the drug thing happens because I mean now now I can look at it. it is that it's so vulnerable putting yourself on stage and and just like what you're writing about especially as a younger person when you're writing about everything that is dear and true to you like food and or sex or yeah. you know relationships or whatever and then just standing up there and performing and then leaving the stage feeling so depleted that you want to fill up on something and it, it has to be instantaneous and I think I understand it now
3: Alone again
1: From now the beginning, instead of
3: from the beginning of our career, we have always had in our rider, you know, the con, the contract, yeah always that there has to be chocolate in the dressing room for after our show yeah. for that very reason because it is I think it's oxytocin you need to be putting some things back into yourself for sure you need to <laughs> eat your feelings <laughs> <when>
1: <laughs> we also have had beer and
3: wine true and but I always but never sure before yeah. chocolate before
2: a show and none of us have ever ever touched a drink or anything before we get on that's not true scotland for
3: scotland and australia Those were the two places where we broke that rule. But But remember, it was was 1.30 in the morning, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, speaking of chocolate, We're talking about back in 1988.
1: There was a lot of stuff going on in D.C. Oh, there's so
3: much. We've already talked about how much art and how much music and definitely how much protest politics. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so funny. I just saw the movie Us and I I enjoyed it, it for me. but one of the things they talk about very early in the movie is in 1986, Hands Across America, and I couldn't remember and I was like my god it was such a big thing. I don't understand why I don't remember taking part in Hands Across America, but then I looked back at what we were doing because it was a Reagan thing. Reagan had decided that this was how they were going to prove how wonderful America was and (sighs) how strong we were for each other, and actually That is not what he was doing at all. We were out there protesting it because he wasn't saying anything still. He wasn't saying enough about AIDS. He was saying nothing about the disparity of wealth that was happening in in Washington, D.C. Nothing. All he was talking about was holding hands in this fake Thing and I thought that's so interesting about us that they would show that and bring that back together right at this time and the
2: onslaught against women's rights and but that's our bodies forever, and things. Always. Yeah, but Reagan was such a monster. He was the worst president, the fact that he, other that, than Trump. Listen, nothing compares to today, really.
3: True, but there's there's huge similarities though between yeah. the two of them. they they were they were actors. You just know just what I in mean? case
2: anybody waxes poetic about the good old days of Republicans, they're all horrific. <laughs>
3: Anyway, so there was so much protest going on at that time, which was wonderful, and so many fantastic bands coming through the 930 Club that I could see all the time. I loved Flipper, I loved the Slicky Boys, I loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but the ones that really moved me were the women, were the girls our age and the women our age. I remember the first one we ever saw was Tiny Desk. Is this love or just a bus
1: stop?
2: know who I enjoyed? I enjoyed Martha and the Muffins. Echo Beach, far away
1: in Echo oh, yes. Beach.
3: Excellent. Do you remember the Catholic girls? The Catholic girls came out in Little Catholic, oh, girl I uniforms. The Catholic they were Girls. I remember Catholic girls. Hard
1: the hard rockers from um they were from Brighton or something. Yes, Brighton exactly. Beach. What about yeah. The Waitresses? Oh, Love yeah. The Waitresses. They why That's why I, I became
3: friends with uh, with Tracy, an, an incredible bass player, who, by the way, is now playing with the b Twos because of me. Thank you very that's much. That's true. <laughs> Allison, you, you, you give, you give, you I'm give. I'm a connector. What can I say? I can connect. But connector. Yola Tango, and I remember 10,000 Maniacs used to play, and people would go crazy about this band. People would say, one guy would say 10,000, and the whole crowd would say Maniacs. All 225 people packed in, to Nine to thirty Club, screaming and the woman who was the lead singer was so shy that she would be behind the drums with her lyrics, Natalie reading Merchant. them with a with a microphone, and that was Natalie Merchant. And we did a show with her
2: later on in our life.
3: Who mm-hmm. knew? I always love the new wave and that's what we love too.
1: funny thing. It, it was when people, like Tracy Ullman played there, mm-hmm. when she, way before she was doing TV or anything like that. And remember Divine? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, we would see, you could go to the 930 Club and see anything.
3: Edith Massey, the Ugly Lady.
2: You broke my heart and you made me cry. You hurt me
0: when you were around. But now I'm back to let you know keep this big girl down all kinds of fun things that was great that
2: you guys worked at music clubs oh, so that I you could it. you know get a sense of what you like what you wanted to feel and as never have an, to an pay audience to get in. member. yeah, yeah. DC um,
1: space was different in the way that where the bar was was different than wh- where the performance space was when Allison was bartending she was right there right she there right there and she could see and hear everybody I was in another room really as a bartender and I was such a horrible bartender. I was I was so mean to people. They would come in, and I said, "If you don't tip me, I'm not serving you." And mm-hmm. I wouldn't serve. I literally would not well, serve. Well, why them. would you
2: serve anybody anyway if you're not going to get tipped? I don't understand that concept. It's
1: a bar. It's a bar. and your you're, job. You're is a to service serve. person. And that. But everybody who worked there was so great. Ray Melrose, who oh. was such a wonderful, hilarious, gorgeous black gay proud man. Just loved to he laugh uni- uni- and uni- kiss. Um, you, oh, he, he laughed he was stoned things. every unitard unitard yeah he, he loved him was so so political. stoned so political yep. so right on mm. best friends with Essex Hemphill yep. and always he was, high you're right always, always high. high and then for the week that he didn't get he said I'm not gonna get high anymore and he became a monster remember and everybody said Ray get high so again. Yes, we would stay I would make cassettes. That's when I was DJing and I would make cassettes for the bar. When it was two o'clock, we'd lock the door and whoever was in there, we'd crank the music and we would dance on the bar and in the space until six in the morning. I remember. And then we'd unlock the door and Ray would head out into the night looking for a man.
3: (laughs) I remember leaving there at dawn many a time and so happy. It was such a fun time with all of our friends. Meanwhile, I had a real job.
2: So I was trying to like maintain a normal job. Which was building worldwide travel into an empire. But
1: partying so hard.
2: Yeah. You would go between Allison's <laughs> oh. bar and my bar, and by the time you got home, you were crawling home. And it doesn't matter. I would sleep or not sleep, depending on what was happening. And, um, you know, get up, put on my little outfit. My hair was, I don't know what color it was, and head out to make a sale so
3: crazy (laughs) Ah, think about it now there were a lot of places where we all came together to meet not just dc space or 930 club they're all different places where people would go and do you know what i mean like where people would perform remember brenda files was Mm -hmm. doing a a poetry thing somewhere and our friend kaz kaz had the place where everybody went to remember kaz's i forgot about kaz Kaz was so cool because kaz would have these these after hours performances with all these great poets that you she would snap four, and musicians, we, we sang a couple times. And the one thing Kaz would always do, would always make sure that you had chicken. But you be- use that napkin, you better use that napkin. He was wonderful. <laughs> there were so many great characters in Washington, D.C. at the time. And Natasha, oh, who and
1: Natasha Redding, who had salons. That's right,
3: every Wednesday.
1: She was really cool. She was an older woman who would hang out with all the young people, and I guess older now is... How old was she when it was happening? She
3: Maybe she was 50. I don't I don't really know. But she was such an auntie mame for everybody. She and was such she a patron of so po- the arts. Mm-hmm. And such she came, actually,
2: she came to, to a couple of different cities to see us perform. Yes. Was, and
3: made a salon every time she did. Remember the last time in L.A.? It was a happening. A salon with... She was Patricia. so positive
2: and such a true artist
3: mm. and an artist friend. Mm. We will
2: miss her Yeah,
3: yeah. Yes. very, very
2: much. It's You true. know, also at Kaz's, I think there was uh, one performance Rogelio played. And Rogelio
3: was... The a, cellist.
2: Uh, yeah. He told me to come over because he wanted to tell me the secret of his playing. He'd never taken a lesson. He'd never studied. I said, how are you such a, an amazing cellist? I needed to know. And he said, look at my hands. So I looked at his hands, and they were the hands of an old man. And he was in his 20s. And he said, these are my grandfather's hands. Ooh. And I was just on the verge of believing him. And then he told me that his grandfather was a great cellist. And when he was born, he had old hands.
3: Wow, that's and, so interesting. Um,
2: he grew up knowing how to play the cello mm. And he kind of channeled his grandfather whenever he played. I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen.
3: See, magic happened at Kaz's. Mm-hmm.
2: I think the, the whole idea of a salon where you have other people and all sorts of different kinds of people performing is magical. Absolutely. Let's I do think a, it
1: key, again. a key there, and not to get down on the phone thing, but we didn't have phones. But, I mean, we had phones, but we didn't have the cell, cell phone thing. Yeah. So when you wanted to meet up with people, and when you wanted to do stuff, you had to meet up with people. Absolutely. You, know? you had to go and meet them. And you if could, you
3: missed the window of time, you didn't yeah, know where were they gone. were. When yeah. you wanted
2: to talk to people you had to get in touch with people by That's looking true. at them and seeing them you but, know so true. yeah the protests well Gloria
1: Steinem says when you're actually face to face with people is when you get the oxytocin is that uh, what you said a neuron
2: said? Uh, some some kind of
1: neuron the neurons in your brain work differently when you're face to face with somebody than when you're on a screen mm. hmm I remember what she said well, it's that. It's like
2: some kind of connection. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. You do have a bigger connection when you're talking to people. It's normal. So where's the next salon, I guess? What are we going to do? Well, right here.
3: Holiday shows at <laughs> <laughs> the Betty. <laughs> I I think Everything comes to back to a show. Every, I, it everything, really does. You know, it's, it's
1: weird, well, that's though. why we
3: have so many guests and stuff, because we have met so many people, so many amazing people we've played with. It's so fun to share them and but share you, their energy.
2: In another way, it's. I know people think it's just to sell tickets sometimes for me when I say, are you coming to our show? But really, it's because there's so much going on that that's only a chance to connect. Right. Because we always do something afterwards. So even if we can't talk to you during the show itself, we always have a meet and greet or some kind stay, of crazy thing. We
1: stay until the club closes down, no matter what. Since the beginning of since time, since the beginning of after time, after we play, we can play at eight o'clock. It doesn't matter. Six We're there who knows? till three in the morning until uh-huh. they basically say you need to leave now. Right.
3: Flicking the lights off yeah. and on, off it's and on and hang. on. It's a hang. It's out. a mega hang, but it's a mega hang because all three of us also have different lives. So the Venn diagram where they all three intersect and all the friends that that brings in that is an incredible
2: salon. You're right. Allison, you're absolutely right. It is the Venn diagram and that's why it's such a major hang. And so when I say to people, Hey, come to the show, we'll have a chance to catch up afterwards, it's the honest truth. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm not just shining you on so that I people want People you know
3: that though. That's why they? they that's why they come and hang out for I'm so afraid long. they're
2: hearing a different part of my personality during this podcast where they think I might be disingenuous or dishonest. No or, one's listening. Okay, that's good. Anyway, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the only people that I hope are not listening are my children right yet. Because right now, you know, my, my my son is 12 my daughter's 15 and I just think it would be nice if they waited a little bit longer before they knew the whole truth about mama but what's great is that they have this for later on when I'm gone it's but
2: true there's nothing compromising about what you've said or what we, what you've done a little bit a little bit If they want to think of their goddess mothers a little bit differently, they might. (laughs) I think they already know about us. I mean, I've definitely said it to them before. Growing up crazy with our goddess mothers. The story, (laughs) true story, of Betty. I saw another crazy person today. She was standing half on the curb, half on the street. She was good looking, you know, and she was well dressed. At least she used to be. She was standing there screaming at all the cars that drove by. I was first in my class at New York University. Hey! First in my class at New York University. Everybody on the street just looked at her, shook their heads, and walked on by. Not me. I stopped and I looked with her. But then she turned and saw me and walked away
4: very quickly.
1: There was a feminist that put on. We talked about it before. That we put on. That she put on a, a feminist film series. Yes. And when so smart, so, oh yeah, so bright, so aware, and great so, and caring. so on, Yeah and when maria was cheating on me with her girl in at smith college i was cheating on maria with the woman who who had put on that thing didn't end well and then after that I was we were at Trax one time Trax was the big huge gay bar in South Southwest Washington oh yeah we played there once with Grace Jones and she never showed up mm-hmm. so it was just us mm-hmm. on Beyond Zebra when everybody, everybody was
3: ex- expecting yeah, Grace, Jones. Grace Jones Grace Jones good and everybody we didn't all, get
2: booed off though
3: not no, really no. much no 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 it wasn't people enjoyed, enjoyed it. It.
2: No, it
1: but wasn't. what was
3: great is that we didn't tell them that Grace Jones wasn't coming until we were done <laughs> that was one of the smartest things we've ever done in our career
1: <laughs> right but yeah. after yeah. that show i was sitting outside it was a huge space massive massive and they had a big outside with sand and i was sitting out there and the most beautiful woman she looked like a combination of kim novak and speed racer and she came walking over to me so confident so just losing a motorcycle well she was but she came walking over to me she said so how you doing That was a good show. I said, "Oh, thanks. She introduced herself. We talked. And I left with her on her motorcycle. And she was so cool. That motorcycle was so cool. We became girlfriends. Hi, uh, my name
4: is Monica. My earliest memories of the Betty Girls are back in nineteen eighty five or eighty four. I was working in a restaurant called The Child Herald, which was across the street from Amy's place and she would come in and I remember serving her Drambouille with Anna. They were drinking Drambouille. I was like, whoa, they're really sophisticated. So after like the fourth or fifth free Drambouille, because at that point, you know, Amy had already talked me into giving her free drinks. She, I told her I wanted to go to the Cordon Bleu in, in Paris because I wanted to learn how to cook. So she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm a I'm a French teacher. I'll, I'll teach you. And I just was sort of taken by the, the energy and, The music was great. I saw a couple shows and um, after a time there, you know, we'd hang out at the 930 club. At some point, I guess, Elizabeth and I, we spent a lot of time at the bar and um, I think Allison put one of
3: us over each of her shoulders and and took us to Pea Street. She
1: was good friends with Tony.
3: That's right. With my, or she became good friends with Tony because they were, they were bartending together. They were waitering together.
1: They waited at, um, First, a child Harold,
3: and Tony was my Tony. God bless him, the worst waiter of all time. No, I'm saying, saying, I than could me. Could have some water, please. Worse than you. No way. I was the only table, and he didn't give me water for 20 minutes. And I was like, "But, but we're, we're boyfriend and girlfriend." But here
2: is a great story about Child Harold. When after we played, I think it was after the Listener, the big, a huge show. They were working there. And we went in. We had the night of all nights. I was able to do show everybody what a hidden talent of mine is. which Unbelievable is Unbelievable talent. Yeah, nobody knew. In college, I used to actually make money on the side by going to frat parties and watching the guys chug beers and say, oh, that must be so hard to do. I mean, how do you do it? <laughs> giggle, giggle. <And> I said, <laughs> yeah, well, you just like swallow are." I said, oh, well, can I you know join in on some of the competitions They'd so you're laugh. at the child herald yeah all right so we're i'm we're at the child herald and there's a bunch of frat guys there and from i don't know gw or george washington and i said what well, are you guys chugging that looks so hard oh how do you do it, it must burn so much when you're th- when you're swallowing we were already drunk all of us and they said oh they laughed at me and i said can i get in on this i'd like to put some money down i think my friends would too and they
3: laughed so they hard. laughed so
2: hard so but I. But they said, put
3: 20 bucks down each i
2: said hey you guys come on where's your confidence in me i, I bet i could do it I I know I could. So they said, come on, this is going to be an easy score. So hundreds of dollars went on the table. And then somebody slapped the table to one, two, three, and go. And I creamed them. Because I have a hidden talent, which is opening the gullet in the back of my throat. And I'm able to chug a beer faster than anybody in the world. Pretty
1: fast. It wasn't a
3: beer, my darling. What was it? It was a pitcher of beer. Oh, that's right. You and that other guy chugged a pitcher of beer. And this is how long it took. We were like, three, two, one, go. (sniffs) Done. Yeah, I had never seen anything like that before. I was never proud. And we were like, "Chug it, Amy, chug it." Chug We couldn't even say it twice because the beer was gone by the time. "Chug it, Amy, chug it." Chug it. and you were gone. And the guys turned white. They could not believe but done But mad it so respect. Fast. It was but mad respect. mad
1: respect, but as soon as she was done, she turned a little a little yellow, and then and we went, and we went chug, "Chug it, Amy, chug it." Chug, it, chug, it, it, chug, chug it,
3: it. And you did, you jumped up and ran away. And Anna got up on on the table and was just dancing. I'll never forget that dancing, in Glee. She was so proud of her lady. Listen, and I agree. The money. The thing but. is, Child
1: Harold didn't care at all. They didn't give a crap. We could do whatever we wanted there. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that was always interesting and surprising to me, and to this day, still is. I, in my little brain, I always thought we are huge. We're gonna, we're the Beatles. We're gonna be the Beatles. This, we're, no, we're the bigger, next best bigger. thing. We're the next best always thing. Always, you said that. And. and it's literally never happened. And I, and I still think, well, it's right around the corner, you guys. Right around the corner. We're, we're going to make
2: it. I've never it. understood we're, that about you. We talked about that, Elizabeth. bit. I love you. That you about are you. the consummate optimist. Mm-hmm. After every show, she says, that's great. And I sit in the corner and think I've never sounded worse. I don't think I'm an optimist. I just think that maybe I'm... Delusional? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: That could be it. (laughs) But God bless you. You've always been that way. We're going to be playing China. I'll never forget that one. I
1: really, I always thought, I thought we were going to be huge. And I thought all of our songs, people would understand them and they'd be on the radio and we'd get signed right away. And I remember when we went up to to Columbia Records, we we met with the president of Columbia Records. We went into his office and he had a ginormous desk Mm -hmm. that we had to sit 10 feet away from him. Mm -hmm. He put on our cassette. So loud. So loud that all of us, just looked at each other thinking, this man is clearly insane. His secretary looked like a
2: nurse. That's she right, was dressed yeah, all, all
1: white. In white. Remember that? She yeah. came, and she backed out of the room. <laughs> she backed out of the room. It so was like crazy. Simpsons. Maybe
2: that's why we have had such a long career because we're still waiting for it. I mean, you can't be a has
3: been if you've never been. True that. So
2: we're waiting. We're just going around the merry go round looking for that golden ring,
1: reaching, reaching, reaching. And the golden ring keeps going away.
3: Again, I don't think it's a merry go round. We talked about that this morning. You think it's a circle, I think it's a wheel. I think it's a wheel because I think it's constantly moving forward. Forward. It's not just going around the same circle all so the time. So we're rats on a wheel. Okay. As opposed no, because to- <laughs> rats on a wheel stay in
2: one place. We're more like a car. We're, more, we're moving along. Our perception might be different from other people. It is
1: because we always think, oh, this is a normal song that we've written. And then we realize <laughs> it's not at all.
3: Yeah. There we were at the carnival. Life was so simple and gay.
1: Singing and shouting,
3: but I've always just enjoyed the fact that what we're making is our own joyful noise.
1: I don't know, but the thing about DC at that time—it was a small town. You could go places, and and you could really cause a ruckus, and nobody really cared. We had a brunch. All of us went, and it was Amy's twenty-first birthday, and we had twenty-one yeah, bottles of champagne,
3: and every single person, twenty-one people there, we all drank a bottle of champagne, and then a-
1: after that, oh, you, somebody threw up under the table, and Who you kicked that? somebody in the head. I no, don't no, remember. no. I went after that brunch of twenty-one bottles. It was a bottom, They stopped the bottomless champagne after, after that. that. That's because right, because of us. Yes, and we went.
3: <laughs> but it was one, a good bottle. It was a man. good bottom,
1: It was a good bottle. <laughs> and I, after that, everybody said, "Let's go." let's go to see Castleberry Dupre yeah you did I, I, I didn't go that was I weird. went to see the show I was blind drunk and I walked into the show and in my mind I was i was trying to be supportive I disrupted the show and I got thrown out yeah. and much to my chagrin the person from the city paper
2: was there and wrote about it and it turned into this big thing oh no, that's mm.
3: disgusting
2: you don't go out blind drunk and who gets blind drunk anymore anyways
3: well that was we're talking about 1988 I, I live on
2: Avenue A in New York City Every single person
3: on the street
1: <laughs> on Friday and Saturday night is blind. Well, I'm trying not to be thing. so
2: holier than thou, but I, I am right now because I think it's disgusting. I've you been, know what it I, is? That's it's because, because <laughs> you've
3: got a baby coming. That's why. Because trust me, if you don't have, if you're not thinking those terms, that's what people do. Well, when you know, it, when I do young. remember Au Pied de I felt Cochon sure. I had many a, times. I, sp-
2: I had a special friend at Au Pied de Cochon, Philippe, and he would call me and say, Do you want to have the party? The party was code for, I would come over to his house, he had two bottles of a really great whiskey, four packs of Marlboro Reds, and a big bag of Coke. And that was our party. And we would, I don't, and then I would have to go teach French at at GW. Did you do it with him? I don't. You must have. No, I, do, I don't. I don't think I did. Wow. That was our party. Gosh, I, you know,
1: I can't yeah, understand the Coke thing. I've never just understood it. That was just so
2: horrible.
3: I oh. mean, thinking
1: about you that. You really enjoyed the Coke. I never liked it.
3: Do you all remember that a lot of times when we were out partying, there was one person that was always responsible, always made sure that everything was okay. You. And that was now beyond me. I mean, I did it to a certain extent, but nobody more than Karen Weiss. Karen Weiss, (laughs) our technological expert, the one who had a computer before anybody else, whenever we went anywhere, and if you look at the photos, you'll always see Karen. Are you okay? Karen kept it together, and she'd always be like, are you okay? And I love that there's always someone in these stories who sort of like helps everybody keep it together, and that was Karen. It sounds like all we did was party, but actually that was only just part of it, because frankly, what we were working on also was our music as often as we could, because... Amy got in touch with someone by the name of Michael Naiman, and we were putting together a cafeteria tour through the Midwest.
2: Actually, Michael Naiman came to see us. We were playing at um, kind of a con- a conference. Oh, someone yes. had asked us to play for something, or it was kind of last minute. And we submitted our name, and they liked uh, they liked the demo. Do you
3: remember, though, that conference when we sat up there to play, and there was a clock right in front of mm-hmm. us, and all we could do is watch the numbers count down from 15 minutes?
2: Anyway, Michael Naiman was there, and he came over to me afterwards and said, I love what you guys are doing. And I want to put together a tour for you. Have you ever been on tour before? And I said, no. We were It's a new we band. Woody had done one-offs. We'd played in different right, places. But
3: we've right, but we have never right. actually like, gotten into no, a van and driven around. <laughs> and he said he, he wanted to put together something in the Midwest. What was cool is that I actually found a photograph today in my archives. 1987, Betty and the Blizzard, the cafeteria tour.
2: So we played a whole bunch of different cafeterias in some great schools. Great schools. Is one
3: uh, NIU. We went to Normal. Remember we, we went were to in, Normal, in Normal, Illinois, in Illinois which, where I found the best thrift store I've ever found mine. St. Louis LA. we played in. Yep. We played in Bloomington. Oh, Amy, please remember in St. Louis. Elizabeth was so, so sick. She couldn't come out with us. She was, She was. The tour had been going on for I guess about, you know, five days, which was more than we've ever done before. <laughs> she was so sick that we put her in the bed and we left her in the bed in the hotel and you and I headed out to look at that crazy arch. We decided that when we came back we were gonna tell Elizabeth <laughs> that the world was ending. Do you remember that? I don't, but
2: I do remember something much more important, or equally as important. Joe the dog, who was our roadie that we brought, we left him at the end of the bed to take care of Elizabeth and watch over her. No, we didn't.
3: No, yes, that was the Red did. Roof Inn. No, Amy, the, don't you remember we came in and we had convinced her because she had watched some movie and woken up in the middle of it thinking that it oh, was God. actually real life. And she said, is it is it true that aliens are smashing into the world or something like that? And we had her going. We actually let her no, believe.
1: Well, they had the, that. Do you the, remember that? There was a television movie on that was The War of the Worlds, and I caught the last part of it, and I thought there had been an invasion.
0: This could be the beginning of the end for the human race. For what men first thought were meteors or the often ridiculed flying saucers are in reality the flaming vanguard of the invasion from Mars.
3: Exactly. And so when Amy and I came back in, it. but Joe, we totally went on with it. Was Joe was great. with
2: us because he went missing in St. Louis. I remember he went missing.
3: Okay, but he wasn't with us. at the And end he hotel. was with
2: us. I told him to watch over Elizabeth. And then he went missing for like three or three days and caught up with us at another place. Maybe. And that's why we called him Joe the dog, because he used to sit at the end of the bed and sleep.
3: That was a great tour, though, because not only did we get to connect with other college students around the country, around the Midwest, but we also got a chance to confront for the first time our biggest nemesis because we came in three feminists who believed in, in gay rights and in people letting their freak flag fly and we played at a Christian college
1: we play, and we had no idea it was a Christian college no. and they were in bleachers and we had a song at the time called Sodomy that we had done we played a little bit of that before because we had done it with um, it was about the Supreme Court it was yeah. about the Supreme Court. Uh-huh. So it was R- 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 Rehnquist, and it was very, very liberal and very sodomy in your face. And we were singing that song. And they stood and up. And they unplugged the P.A.
3: But and- don't forget one part of this whole story. Mm. We were playing just our regular set before we even got to that song. We were playing our set, and we were talking about women being strong and, and about, like, everybody can just love whoever they want to. And they stood up. A whole row of them right in front of us, wearing jackets that said "Jesus is my rock," and stood in a wall in front of us between us and the rest of the audience. I remember that. And mm-hmm. that's when we decided to play "Sodomy." Oh, that's that's right. when we brought the song out that we wouldn't <laughs> even think about playing, and we played it right then and there as loud as we could. And that's when they unplugged, they unplugged, it from unplugged the wall. us. <laughs>
5: The Girl Band Podcast is recorded at the Elizabeth Ziff Studio in the East Village of New York City, traffic and barking dogs included. This episode was engineered and produced by Elizabeth Ziff. Memories are subjective. Music clips and other credits. My Baby by Betty from the album Bright and Dark. Betty Intro by the fabulous Gloria Steinem. Chain Reaction by Betty from the album Hello Betty. A Terrifying Second Term Swearing In by Ronald Reagan. Cry No More. By the poison girls recorded live monster in the box by betty from the album carnival i feel pretty performed by betty written by sondheim and bernstein wave at the nice man susie by tiny desk unit wolf woman by on beyond zebra big girls don't cry performed by edith the egg lady Massey. nyu by betty from the album hello betty moped mama by On Beyond Zebra, recorded live at George Mason University, Carnival by Betty from the album Carnival, War of the Worlds trailer from War of the Worlds 1953, and my name is Tim Lawson, huge fan, huger friend of Betty. Aloha.
0: Betty Girl Band is also sponsored by The Apartment Lounge, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Go in and have a drink and tell them Betty sent you. Don't forget to rate, review, and tell your friends to subscribe. For concert and other information, go to hellobetty.com. And now bugger off.